Just as a heads up that the limited edition pyramid plushie with the magnifying glass is going to be ending within like the next 24 hours. So if you haven't had the chance to pick up a plushie yet, now is absolutely the last minute to do so. If you want your very own cute and cuddly little pyramid with an eye out for scams and business corruption, head on over to makeship.com or just click the link in the description box. YouTube is the place for long form content by your favorite creators. TikTok is the place for short form content. And then there's Twitch, the place for streamers and gamers. Whether it's Minecraft, Resident Evil, sports, music, gambling, women in hot tubs, artists, news, politics, VR chat, they've basically got everything. While this sure sounds like a recipe for success and Twitch has had a lot of success, no doubt, They've also made some serious missteps along the way that have alienated them from their streamers and viewers too. One of the most recent extreme examples of this is probably the infamous foam pit disaster, not to be confused with Tumblr's ball pit disaster. At TwitchCon 2022, one exhibit was a shallow pit of foam cubes scattered over concrete. If you think that sounds like an accident waiting to happen, you'd be absolutely correct. Gravity. No, no, she's fine. Obviously, someone's going to jump into that foam pit with full force expecting more foam or padding at the bottom, but not concrete at the bottom. Twitch seemed to anticipate this, making participants sign waivers as they battled above the foam pit, trying not to fall in while whacking opponents on suspended platforms with giant pool noodles. Adriana Chechnik jumped off one of these platforms, and as many of us now know, she broke her back and needed surgery and get a rod placed in her back during her recovery. She wasn't the only one injured as another woman that goes by Locke Vanessa was also seen in a wheelchair after jumping into the foam pit, seemingly rolling her ankle after her foot hit the concrete. Unfortunately, as time went on, more news spilled out and none of it was good for Twitch or those injured. Adriana revealed that she was pregnant at the time she had been injured, but had to terminate in order to have her surgery. Processing such a traumatic injury and that kind of loss must be so incredibly difficult. Adriana hadn't even known she was pregnant until she was at the hospital either, so it was certainly a lot to take in. Plus, while people learned of what happened to her, they learned just how little Twitch seemed to care. During the convention, the exhibit that was run by Lenovo had stayed open despite that woman rolling her ankle. Like, she was clearly injured, she had to go to the hospital for the love of God, and yet people could still go into that same foam pit without any changes made to it. At the same convention, people were fainting in long lines. It reportedly wasn't accessible for those with disabilities. Security allegedly didn't respond appropriately when attendees drunk harassed others. And Twitch even misgendered a non-binary creator, Amesley, in their official programming. So those are certainly a lot of things that could go wrong in a convention. TanaCon 2.0, anyone? Now, if one or two things happened, then maybe, just maybe, Twitch could have been more easily forgiven. However, this entire concoction, plus their continuing controversies over payments, revenue splits, and the like, just propelled Twitch into the limelight in the worst possible way, that is. Headlines like Twitch pretends nothing bad happened started to make the rounds, and calls to boycott Twitch as a whole grew louder and louder. For Twitch, this doesn't look great, to say the least. Unlike companies like Nestle or Disney or whatever corporate entity you might think of, people are their product. If streamers boycott them, they don't have much else to give their consumers. You'd think with this type of business model, they'd actually want to keep those folks happy, but it sure doesn't seem that way. And TwitchCon was only the icing on the cake. And today we're gonna dig into that whole cake, if you will, 
here on The Corporate Casket. Hope this is a learning experience for everyone. Like, this is not about me, this is about us. Like, so keep that in mind when you see other people streaming, when you see other small people like trying Twitch to make their way to shamelessly. Like, oh, wow. Right Twitch and being shameless. What a surprise. Oh, oh, 50 G's. <laughs> 50 G's. Let's go. Hot tub streams? Who's hot tubs and beaches? So that, what is that? The whole channel? Twitch doesn't care about you or its other small creators. I know, shocking. Uh, I know some could, you know, have said that just about any social media platform, but Twitch used to have that motto. What was it? Uh, profits first, money's a priority. No, 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 none of those. It was creators first. And in the past several months, especially since 2022, it's pretty damn clear that Twitch doesn't really believe in that motto anymore. So they used to actually offer a 70-30 revenue split with 70% going towards streamers. Now, after earning six figures, Twitch creators will drop to a 50-50 split. This is to seemingly have more consistent criteria after Twitch has been accused of being inconsistent and not having much transparency in the past. No big deal, right? Well, as these larger streamers have pointed out, this is only the beginning. This split on subscription revenue might seem harmless enough, but they're supposedly eyeing further changes like introducing more ads. Plus, there are some streamers that fall into a more mid-range category that are going to take a gigantic pay cut with this policy too. Dextero spoke out about streamer Ludwig in their article explaining, quote, he added that smaller streamers will get slammed by using the example of Smash Ultimate commentator Kony, who has around 2,000 subs and could go from making around $84,000 a year to $60,000 a year by just losing $1 a month per sub. The fact of the matter is that for every one insanely popular streamer you know, there are likely hundreds, if not thousands of smaller streamers who are in this more middle of the road category. While 84 or even 60,000 is still a decent yearly salary, it's not going to make anyone rich either. And that $24,000 pay cut is extremely detrimental. For any of you earning less than six figures and trying to support yourselves or your family, could you take a 20% pay cut right now? Probably not. Another popular streamer, Asmund Gold, also pointed out how Twitch was basically taking money from smaller creators. He admitted that it wouldn't even affect him. And even if he wanted to make up that percentage, all he needed to do was take in one more sponsor a month. For people like himself, XQC, Hassan, and other giant names, this policy would be pretty easy to brush off. And let's be real, they're making millions. Asmongold himself admits that they'll be absolutely fine. Twitch is hurting the smaller creators and that's really it. This change has led to widespread criticism, calling Twitch out for losing its soul. When Facebook and YouTube offer 70% from subscriptions, how can Twitch say they put creators first? Their competitors are offering better incentives right now. And while Twitch may have other programs or other news coming out, this doesn't seem like something people are going to forget about anytime soon. Plus by taking away that 70-30 split, you're taking away a ton of motivation for people to actually grow. With a higher percentage of revenue, it's easier to stream long-term and more often. So why the hell wouldn't Twitch want that? Quote, a lot of content hinges a little bit upon collaboration. Justin McClatt, CEO of The Kinetic Group, a talent management firm that specializes in Twitch streamers said in an interview with The Verge. So by creating a more difficult barrier to entry for sustainable careers for others makes everyone's lives harder. It also doesn't help that Twitch phrased this announcement like they wanted to work with streamers and both help each other out and phrase things as if they might be hurting without this revenue. Twitch has a lot of other ways they make money. And in case you didn't know, they're an Amazon company. Like 
You're absolutely fine, Twitch. You don't act like you need to take that sweet 20% out of your creator's mouths to feed yourself. It feels incredibly disingenuous and it's a slap in the face to those that you call your family. It's honestly just offensive at this point, Morrison, a 10-year veteran in the industry said. I think it's showing that this is no longer Twitch. This is just an Amazon streaming service that doesn't care about the individuals on it. If this had been their only issue, that would be one thing, but this was basically the final straw for creators who were getting treated like disposable garbage for years. There was effectively no central place to get Twitch updates or for smaller creators to be promoted. There's no method for discoverability and some of their policies were so ass backwards that they're just hard to make sense of. So let's get into some of the worst of those now, sexual harassment and banning. Please note that this section will discuss sexual assault. Now, if you were accused of sexual assault and admitted it, bam, you were banned, fantastic. If you were accused of sexual assault, but didn't admit it, then you could still stream as inverse put it. Yes, innocent until proven guilty, but Twitch didn't conduct any investigations here. They can't, they don't have the resources. But it still seems pretty wild to me that as long as you say, no, I didn't do that, then you're fine to keep streaming on Twitch. Let me go ahead and give you an example. Back in 2015, the accounts director of strategic partnerships at Twitch, Hassan Bokhari, allegedly sexually abused a streamer named Vio. When Vio stepped forward years later, it was among a tidal wave of sexual abuse allegations at the company. She claimed that Bokhari used his status as an employee to give her certain perks, like holiday packages that were meant for partners. He allegedly would disclose privileged information about streamers as well and effectively use his status to pressure her. Although Vio sent Twitch a lot of evidence, she claims that the company took their time in banning him, seemingly trying to appear as neutral as possible. Twitch doesn't like to make controversial decisions and I get that, no company really does. But banning a predator shouldn't be controversial. It's something that needs to be done, simple as that. But this employee was far from the only one put under the microscope. The now former CEO of online performers group OPG was also accused of abusing his power to make inappropriate advances on women. In total, about 50 streamers, most of them being women, came forward in June, 2020 with allegations about the streamers that had abused them. While harrowing and upsetting, this also isn't entirely surprising in a male dominated industry that is, as Kotako puts it, rife with loopholes for abusers who worm their way through. The thing is, from what I've gathered in my research, it doesn't seem like people were angry at Twitch for this issue existing. Abusers will be abusers and I can't fault Twitch alone for that. Instead, where Twitch deserves the criticism is in their enabling and in their reaction to discovering this abuse. They've been warned about sexist behavior before and they just didn't care. Even when it happens right on their platform, right in front of their faces. According to streamer, Sarah Daniels, she was harassed by a popular Destiny 2 streamer, Lono, or Say No to Rage. He was accused by six different people of sexual misconduct and harassment, yet Twitch didn't seem to take his actions or any reports of harassment seriously. When Sarah sent in previous reports to Twitch for hateful raids by partnered streamers, nothing happened. Another streamer, Princess Kitley, had screenshots of Lono in her DMs asking her if she wanted to stroke him and asking to see her breasts too. Lono, like other creators, took advantage of his position of power on Twitch and frankly, it was way too easy for him to do so. He was eventually banned, apologized, and then retracted his apology. But it's extremely disheartening that before this 2020 revelation, many streamers felt alone and gaslit. Though this wasn't the first hashtag MeToo movement within the gaming industry, it did seem to spark real change. And many streamers, fans, and companies started to finally show support for those speaking out. 
But while some were hopeful, others said that the entire community really needed an overhaul. And not just because of the sexism and harassment, but racism too. Like, this is not about me, this is about us. Like, so keep that in mind when you see other people streaming, when you see other small people like trying to make their way in a space. I understand people saying it's not about race, but it is. It really fucking is. It's literally about space, because let's be honest, those messages in chat said the N-word. They cut with the hard ER. Another reason for the blackout and boycott on Twitch was racism. Unfortunately, when you've got a platform that seems so determined to please everyone that it remains neutral, even when they should be taking a stance against harassment, you're bound to get some disturbing interactions. Around the same time that these allegations were starting to pour out around sexual harassment, more people stepped forward to share their experiences with racism too. One well-known streamer, XQC, was fined and suspended for using the tryhard emote in a racist way. I had to look up how this was done because I didn't fully understand it. And the Overwatch community on Reddit explained that as the emoji is the face of a black streamer, Trihex, it basically gets spammed when a black person is online. The emoji itself is not racist, but it can be used in a shitty way. So for XQC to do that, it was kind of a bad look to say the least. Twitch also had to ban the Confederate flag and clarify their stance on the N-word by not allowing it with a hard R at the end. The thing is, while the use of their emojis like a KFC bucket may be completely normal or racist depending on context, it really feels like Twitch has only done the bare minimum to address these situations, if even that much. And while people were optimistic about their changes a couple of years ago, it seems like nothing has actually changed in the long run. In 2021, streamers were still receiving racist spam referencing the KKK and Twitch has effectively done nothing to stop the hate raids. One black woman, Raven, says that these levels of hate have caused her genuine trauma as the messages have included her real name, despite her not sharing that on the platform, violent comments, and also racist slurs. She told Insider, quote, "'It's hard enough for us marginalized people to exist in a world where systematically things are made harder for us and we are constantly reminded of that. Raven has since become one of the most prominent voices in speaking out against Twitch's racism and boycotting them for it, promoting the hashtag a day off Twitch and Twitch do better. By no means is she alone though, as more and more black Twitch creators speak up against the senseless hate they've received. It's difficult though, because by fighting in this way, it's giving hateful people attention and potentially motivating them to continue. But being silent sure as hell isn't working either. Seeing black creators like Defined by Kai react to these hate raids is honestly heartbreaking too. As these people are literally just playing among us with their friends, just existing and streaming for fun, but yet they're getting attacked. For those saying it's not about race, it's just trolls, how can it not be? When the N-word is being typed in chat repeatedly over and over and over again, it's absolutely about race and Twitch does not seem to understand that. Or I should say they publicly don't want to acknowledge that they understand that. The company has tried to make efforts to be inclusive, but many of them feel tone deaf or aren't thought through either. For example, they made a tag system that's meant to allow creators to use a black tag and foster community around race, yet it's backfired massively and now bigots are using it to find the next person to hate raid. It's disgusting, upsetting, infuriating, and Twitch does nothing. But sure, creators first, right? This problem has been consistent and ongoing, and not just within the gaming community, but throughout all of Twitch itself and marginalized streamers. It's honestly hardly a surprise when the platform just doesn't speak out though. 
they've been given countless opportunities to tell the world and their streamers where they lie and who they value. And honestly, it seems like they've bungled every single one of them. You'd think that when the BLM movement massively expanded in 2020, Twitch would have truly taken the chance to make a difference. Instead, they just posted a video to their Twitter that was meant to support black creators. And in that one minute video, they highlighted white creators. Black streamers comprised 11 seconds of the runtime. So, um, good job. Twitch has also been accused of being racist with their ban policies. For example, GDon was permabanned after sending a hate raid to Pokimane's channel while streamer Kimi Ka was only banned for one week after broadcasting a sexual act. Are either of these violations okay? No, absolutely not. But it is a little bit ridiculous that black creators have to put up with hate raids consistently with little to no recourse, but when Pokimane got hate raided, permabanned. Unfortunately, with this kind of hypocrisy, it's just not new to Twitch. And if anything, it seems baked into who they are. And before we dig into that important keyword, hypocrisy with Twitch, I'm gonna just take a moment to thank today's sponsor. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is literally everywhere. Like seriously, please make it stop. Thankfully, there is a company out there that's giving you a much needed break and it's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. And you guys know I've been using Mint Mobile for over two and a half years at this point. We are slowly encroaching upon three years at this point, And I've had phenomenal service from start to finish. Even when I've had problems and needed to call for help, they've been amazing too at customer service. So for people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. And all plans are gonna come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can even use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number with all your contacts, or you can switch and get everything new if you want as well. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com casket. That's mintmobile.com casket. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com casket. Please note that this final chapter will mention predatory and sexually explicit behavior involving minors. So if you're not in the headspace to hear about that, then this is the end of today's episode for you. So do you remember that whole hot tub ban controversy a few years back? Eventually Twitch relented and made an entire section of their platform dedicated to hot tub streamers. But before that, many streamers pointed out that it's ironic how many games like Dead or Alive and Grand Theft Auto can sexualize women, but women can't sexualize themselves if they choose. Hot tub streams? Oh no, <laughs> pools, hot tubs, and beaches. So that, what is that, a uh, whole channel? Oh That's a whole channel. Then in addition to that genre, there's also the gambling drama. Twitch announced they'd prohibit gambling like slots, roulette, and dice games to their platform, notably still allowing sports betting. Why? Well, it might have something to do with DraftKings being a massive sponsor of Thursday Night Football on Amazon. You know, Twitch's owner. Welcome to Thursday Night Kickoff, presented by Audible. They literally have a $13 billion deal with them. And yes, that is billion with a B. So, okay, the standard here is gambling is not cool unless Twitch is the one that stands to profit from it. Don't want to upset Daddy Bezos. It's also worth noting that their gambling bans took what feels like forever to enforce. Like at first all bets were off or 
maybe they were on, I guess, depending how you want to phrase that, and they didn't allow affiliate links. Then they stopped allowing Rubit, Dualbit, Stake, and other popular gambling websites to be played on their platform. I've talked about this at length before when discussing Rubit, and to make a long story short, their policies around gambling have been non-existent or supremely easy to work around for the longest time ever. And I mean, look, I get it that Twitch doesn't wanna piss people off and that includes their sponsors, but their lack of a stance and the way they drag their feet makes them look spineless and worse, dangerous. I've often said this when talking about people, but it also applies to companies. If you stand for nothing, you're going to fall for everything. And if you stand for nothing, then you have no stances on anything and you just kind of look spineless. This goes for centricism, companies that won't take a stance on anything, you know, things like that. Bloomberg reported that between October 2020 and August 2022, they saw child predators targeting almost 300,000 children on Twitch. About 2,000 users were systematically following young streamers, with each predatory account following more than 1,000 children each. And sure, Twitch says they're very firm about not allowing children under the age of 13 to use their platform. And since this research has been unveiled, they've quadrupled the size of their law enforcement response team. Yet it's beyond messed up that this many predatory accounts and instances of potential child grooming were even happening in the first place. Much of that, in my opinion, isn't helped by this wishy-washy company that takes a different stance depending on the day and the creator. And again, as an example, they've banned creators who've made their account before they turn 13, but it always happens to be small creators though. If you're a large creator with millions and millions of followers, then the rules don't exactly apply to you. Plus, when Twitch was warned before these studies with accounts posting evidence of children under 13 streaming and seeing chats with sexually suggestive content, Twitch did not act. I guess if it's their own community warning them, then it's not all that important until Bloomberg steps in, right? Because, you know, streamers, they're silly and stupid. According to an article on Dextero, an account called The Ponzo was able to find evidence of what basically was a quote, softcore pedophile ring on Twitch. More specifically, under the travel and outdoors section, since it's the default category for the mobile app, young kids don't know how to configure their channel and end up streaming there. Then these predators can stroll through the section, find a child that's streaming without an adult present and with a minimal amount of viewers and engage in inappropriate language and activity. That's how disturbingly easy it is. Screenshots of these chats are even more disturbing. One Twitch user, littlejimmy7676, would continually tell two girls that he wanted to see them perform sex acts on camera, writing, quote, and oh Lord, this is a quote, and I'm, anyway, here. I want to see yellow shirt girl take off pants and then panties. I wanna see her pleasure herself while the other cooks and add her delicious juices to the meal. Get naked now, you little slut yellow shirt girl. I will come to your house and force myself on yellow and black shirt girl unless that girl strips off shirt and bra. Like, holy fuck. Oh my God. This is so fucking gross. It's upsetting. It's disturbing. And this is only one singular example. This is not some weird like amalgamation, like, oh, this only happened once. No, this was part of a systemic issue on Twitch. This is just one of thousands upon thousands of these instances out there. For fuck's sake, one account that was screenshotted in this nature saying some of these disgusting things to children remained on the site even when this article was written and published and probably is still out there and asking for young girls to engage in twerk battles and to lick each other's faces. Yes, because that was also seriously a thing that these gross predators did. 
And it's not that this is surprising after what I just read. I've never wanted to wash my mouth out with soap more, honestly. Now, many children under the age of 13 have received these types of messages, and some of the senders were so bold that they didn't even attempt to cover their tracks. According to Dextero, one even had 326 followers and a regular streaming output. That's how comfortable this predator felt on Twitch. Richard Lewis, who wrote the article, added this. I forwarded my findings to a senior member of Twitch staff who stated they would pass it on to one of their trust and safety team and request that they make contact with me for additional comment. Much like before, what happened was some of the accounts belonging to children were banned. So I knew my complaints had indeed been seen, yet there was no contact forthcoming. I guess because he didn't have a two year long Bloomberg report, it didn't matter. The thing is, like with many of these episodes that I've researched, a downfall often starts small with various warning signs, whether that's a company, a cult, a nonprofit, anything. And these predators learned bit by bit that Twitch was not paying attention to them. They figured out that they could head over to the travel section, send perverted and twisted messages, and Twitch wouldn't even pay close attention. Within 10 minutes of these kids starting to stream, they'd often get these kinds of inappropriate messages hurled at them. It became pretty common. And Twitch was adequately warned, like by Richard Lewis, and they didn't care. Then they go all shocked Pikachu face years later when someone else reports, hey, there are at least a thousand potential predators on your site. I think it's bullshit, it's frustrating, and I think the term gateway for pedophiles is an appropriate one that's been used to describe it. All in all, I do not think that Twitch can stop every single troll, racist bigot, or pedophile from gaining access to their platform, nor can they make sure that no child lies about their age to stream. But it's the reactions and responses from them when issues have been brought forward to them that have consistently infuriated people about the platform. At TwitchCon and after the injuries were realized, they didn't seem to show any compassion or concern. When it comes to hate raids and sexual assault, their policy changes were minimal. With gambling, it took them ages to alter the rules, and even when they did, they conveniently allowed gambling that still benefited them financially by their parent company. And now, with the pedophiles, their reaction to the issue at hand has been so slow that it seems like it's too big for them to handle, or that they're just actually that fucking incapable. Twitch is undoubtedly starting to fall apart at the seams. This doesn't mean they're going anywhere just yet but it does mean that many of their streamers are starting to jump ship and the community that was once the core of their company is more fractured than ever. TwitchCon 2022 especially really was the cherry on top as it left such a foul image in so many people's minds. Between all these controversies coming to a head and I assume many more controversies to come in the future, it's no wonder they're looking less and less appealing. There is still a lot to love about Twitch, certainly, but most of that just seems to be about the creators and not at all thanks to Twitch itself. But with all of that being said, that is where I'm going to be ending today's episode on the corporate casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following and subscribing to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. I really appreciate your time here today and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.